Thank you to our sponsor today, Mind Privacy Ops. They are featured in major publications, including Intel Ignite, Business Insider, VentureBeat, and Fast Company. They're the first platform dedicated to handling data privacy operations while placing customer and user experience at the center. They've been rated number one by G2, the leading business software and services review platform for data privacy management software, uh, DSR, DSAR software, uh, and sensitive data discovery. We have a special Data Diva exclusive that Mind Privacy Ops has given to Data Diva listeners. Uh, anyone or any organization that would like to use their data privacy management solution will receive a 20% discount on DSAR data mapping and ROPA modules. So to get this discount, contact uh, my privacy ops at their support team and add Data Diva 20 to the subject line. So these Data Diva exclusives uh, and this information will be available in the podcast show notes. It will be available in our monthly Data Privacy Advantage newsletter. And I will also add this information to the podcast transcript, which will be posted on DebbieReynoldsConsulting.com. So to find more about Mind Privacy Ops, visit their website, business.saymine.com. Enjoy the show. Personal views and opinions expressed by our podcast guests are their own and are not legal advice or official statements by their organizations. Hello, my name is Debbie Reynolds. They call me the Data Diva. This is the Data Diva Talks Privacy Podcast, where we discuss data privacy issues with industry leaders around the world with information that businesses need to know now. I have a special guest on the show. Uh, I have Gal Ringel. He is the CEO and co-founder of My Privacy Ops. Uh, he's from Israel. Welcome. Hi, Debbie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is fun. This is a culmination of, of we're going full circle now. So I would love for you to tell the story about how, how we met many years ago and your journey with mine in terms of what you're doing now. Uh, at the time that you started, I know that you were a consumer uh, business to consumer product. Now you're a business to business product. But before we get started, I would love for you to tell people about your journey into privacy, why this is such a passion project for you, and tell us about Mind Privacy Ops. Sure. So, uh, and feel free to stop me at any time if I talk too much. So, I'm, hi everyone, uh, I'm Gal Ringel, I'm the co-founder and CEO at Mind. And my journey into the privacy space was actually started at the security side. So I was uh, dealing with cybersecurity for all my life, uh, more than 12 years, uh, even 15 years uh, to date, sorry. And uh, I always um, were part of the security side from the company's point of view. So how uh, companies can really uh, protect uh, themselves from the different sides or how they can think about uh, protecting themselves from the often uh, offensive side. And essentially when we wanted to start mine, 
we are three co-founder, we thought, okay, how can we bring something new to the internet? And how can we do something around security and privacy, but for individuals rather for uh, companies? And the three of us comes from a deep cybersecurity background and uh, really understanding personal data. And four years ago, when we saw the GDPR coming into life, we thought, uh, hey, it's going to change the internet, right? Uh, for the good and the bad, right? For companies, the GDPR and today other privacy regulations have put a lot of accountability and responsibility, right? Um, over personal data. So companies have to think twice and be more uh, thoughtful when they you know, deal with personal data, but individuals are given rights. And unfortunately, most of the individuals when GDPR just launched into the uh, world, didn't really know about these rights. All they knew were these cookie banners everywhere, right? Jumping in all the websites, but they didn't know they can go to any company and uh, ask for a copy of their data, right? Or even exercise the right to be forgotten. So what we wanted to do is to uh, solve two pains. The first pain is to uh, add transparency around our digital interactions. Uh, online. So anytime when we sign up to a new service, anytime when we purchase something, anytime that we travel, we have to give our personal data, right? We click, I, uh, we click, I agree. How how do you feel when you have to click, I agree? For me personally? Yeah. Kind of annoyed by it because a lot of times the cookie banners, they aren't, uh, it's like agree or other options. It's not like agree or disagree. So, uh, so unfortunately, they know a lot of companies know that you don't have a lot of time to read every single cookie banner before you click. So for me, I think having that transparency and choice is key. Yeah. And uh, many other people are like you when they don't, they can't really read privacy policies, right? Uh, they just want to, you know, get done with that. Click, I agree, get the value that they want and, you know, continue with their lives. So we wanted to add transparency around that. So to say, hey, the internet is an amazing place. Go and have fun. Enjoy the internet, do whatever you want. But we will uh, be with you through that journey and show you what is being collected about you uh, during that digital interaction. So again, sign up, purchase, booking, previous employment, whatever. So uh, so this is the first thing that we wanted to solve, like to know which companies have what about us and to also get a deep understanding about what they keep about us and how is that expose me as an individual in terms of online risks, like identity theft, reputation damage, financial loss, etc. cetera. Uh, and as you know, um, every day there's a new data breach, right? And a new privacy scandals. And at the end of the day, we, the individuals are paying the price because our data is then get stolen, leaked out and used against us in many, many different forms. So we wanted to add a transparency around that. And then the second thing we wanted to solve is choice. So to make privacy regulations accessible to individuals where you can have the choice to decide what you want to do with your data. You want to get a copy, you want to delete, any sort of action that you want to uh, take. Uh, it should be our choice. So this is what we did. We launched that product to the market um, two and a half years ago, and it was a big success. So to date, we have more than 1.8 million users globally. 
started with GDPR and, and now doing all kinds of other different regulations in the US, five states, in India, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Argentina, Brazil, you know, it's growing. And, um, and to date, we saved more than 300,000 individuals from a data breach because they used our service to discover their digital, digital footprint. And essentially we help them remove their data from companies that they are not, no longer using their services. So it's really about measuring, what we're doing is about measuring the cost versus value and letting you know, if you are still using some companies, leave your data there, no problem. If you get value, right, so you enjoy it. And if you are not, that means redundant, redundant risk to your life. These companies keep your data for no reason. You don't enjoy it, right? So no reason why you should leave your data there. So we help you monitor that. So in 30 seconds, we can show you that list. You can click on each company. You can see more information. And then if you would like, you can start exercising your rights. Um, so this is what we started um, doing uh, as a company. And as you mentioned, uh, today, mine is my privacy ops. And last year, we started helping companies as well, because companies literally came to us saying, hey, mine, we got requests from your users, all kinds of different privacy requests. And we really love your product. We even used it as individuals, which is very nice to see, you know, data protection officers, privacy professionals working for companies using our consumer app to take care of their personal data online. Um, so they came to us saying, hey, mine, um, handling different privacy operation tasks is hard. It's, it's challenging. Um, let, please help us. I mean, we need some help. And at first we said, hey, there are other B2B vendors out there, right? Like, uh, you know, uh, probably most of the B2B vendors that are helping companies achieve different privacy tasks. So we literally sent these companies to these vendors and we said, hey, this vendor can help you do that. And that vendor can help you do this. Like we literally um, try to help these companies by, you know, sending them to different vendors. But then they came back and uh, told us that these vendors don't really solve their problems. And essentially the, the four main problems that companies have shared with us around that is um, automation. So they shared with us that usually privacy teams don't have a lot of resources. It's usually one or two people within you know, the team, right? So they don't have a lot of resources to deal with privacy operations. So they really wanted automation. And then the second thing, they wanted a no-code approach. So um, they, don't, they didn't want any engineering, you know, helping them or, you know, um, changing the priority of the engineering time. So they wanted something that works out of the box. And then the third pain was implementation time. So when it comes to privacy, and I'd love to hear your thought about that, um, ROI is the number thing, right? Uh, is the number one. You want to show ROI from your privacy program quite fast, right? Because privacy is, is a brand necessity. You want to show your customers that you value privacy and you actually help them. So they wanted a quick implementation time, while a lot of the vendors out there have a very long implementation time. So this is what we heard. And uh, yeah, we uh, decided to help companies as well. We followed the needs of the market. And today our company vision is to serve 
both individuals and companies around anything related to privacy and compliance operations. So for consumers, we help them be safer online, identifying the companies that have their data, learn about the risk, and if they want to start removing their data. And for companies, we help in daily privacy operations like DSR handling, ROPA reports, uh, PIA, privacy impact assessment, data mapping, consent management, anything you know that organizations are doing in, in, in the day-to-day. And for me, it's very exciting because we are able to be on both sides, right? To help both companies and consumers and really create the right solution that works for both of them. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So, well, this is interesting. I, I love the story because... You know, I think some people, especially in the B2B space, it's like, let's just build something and then hope people buy it where people came to you with their specific needs and you were able to listen to them and build something that really works for them. Uh, I would love to talk a little bit about the the uh, implementation part. So, uh, you know, once you get past the sales pitch and all that other type of stuff, you know, the implementation part is really kind of the hard part to bridge between what people think they're going to get and what they actually receive in terms of service, uh, you know, after the implementation is done. So tell me a little bit about how you all's implementation path is is different and, and what customers seem to like about it. So essentially, the first uh, thing that we gave to companies is uh, privacy request handling. So as you know, organizations that are, that are consumer facing, I would say, like you know, e-commerce, fintech, consumer apps, they get uh, a lot of privacy requests. It can be it can be data deletions, the right to be forgotten. It can be data access requests to get a copy of the information. If it's around the CCPA, it can be do not sell. So uh, companies receives, uh, receive a lot of uh, privacy requests. So there is a large volume. Now, for companies that don't have any automation in place, it can be very challenging to handle these privacy requests, right? Because usually as we see it, uh, and this is after interviewing more than 1,000 companies and hearing their pains before we build our product, right? Just to understand what do we need to build and what are the pains. So they told us that usually three people within the organization, three different people, three types of people are are helping the processing of privacy requests. There are support people that usually sits on the privacy inbox and gets all the privacy requests and going through them. Then there are legal people, usually the GC or the chief privacy officer or the data protection officer or someone from his team that are you know processing these requests to make sure that are they are you know related to different privacy regulations that there are no other regulations that uh, contradict etc. And then there is the R and D that needs to go to all of the data sources within the company, whether it's a database or a SaaS like your email marketing, your CRM, and literally delete the data or fetch it if it's a data access request. Now, think that the organization has to invest that time in a hundred requests a month, a thousand requests a month. It's really, it's challenging, right? It's uh, it's time consuming. I think that even Gartner uh, tried to quantify how much it cost for the organization to deal with one single DSR. And it was $1,600 for one single request, which is crazy. 
So to your question, how we solved it, we uh, implemented uh, hundreds of APIs to all of the known systems that you as a company can keep PII in. So when a new privacy request come, comes in the organization, with one click, we are able to shoot API calls to all of the places and execute the request. So, so if it's a data deletion, we can literally delete the data or to anonymize it. By the way, a lot of companies came to us and said, hey, we don't want to delete data. We, do, we want to anonymize the data because then it wouldn't hurt any of the current reports or other systems that you know, rely on different records. So we can either delete or anonymize in an, in an automated way. Um, we can, if it's a data access request, we can fetch the data and prepare it in a, in a nice report where the individual can then, um, can then, you know, uh, scan the data and see whether it's, you know, fits its needs, right? So we can do all of that automatically. With one click, you can shoot these API calls. And with another click, a click, you can also reply to the user with the right response. Whether it's, uh, hey, we have deleted your data, that would be our last email, or whether it's, hey, this is your data, if you have any questions, please reach out. So we can do all of that in an automated way. So instead of companies having to spend endless of hours of different people, uh, one person can really automate that. And the implementation is very fast because we, it's all based on APIs. So to plug in a new API, it's, all, it's also three clicks. Uh, so just to put it in perspective, our fastest implementation time that we had so far, um, and we have dozens of customers already, um, were 25 minutes for 50 data integrations. So literally in 25 minutes, they connected 50 data integrations and were live operating. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, tell me a little bit about the proactive side of privacy. So I think uh, probably more companies than less, right, I feel are sort of unorganized. So they don't know where data is. They can't even tell you where these 50 systems are. So tell me about what you do when you work with those companies? Because I feel like there's kind of a lot of proactive stuff that you can do with companies with your products. Great question. So after we solved the DSR handling in a pretty good automated way, companies came to us, our customers, and said exactly what you just said. Like, hey, mine, um, we have a bigger problem than DSR handling. We don't know where is our data. And then we started asking questions. What do you mean? I mean, can you share a little bit about how you uh, onboard a new vendor, how different teams are interacting with new vendors? And then we realized the sad reality that a lot of the companies, and I don't know if you heard that from your, from your experience as well, a lot of the companies are doing data mapping in, in a spreadsheet. That's right. <laughs> that is all true. Okay, so we, we were amazed to, uh, uh, to hear that. Uh, again, we grew to the B2B side uh, from the consumer side, so we didn't know how, we didn't know all the challenges uh, at the company level. When, and when they told us that, we were amazed because doing data mapping manually with spreadsheet, it's very time consuming, right? Uh, you have to rely on, on the human memory. 
which um, it's a problem, right? We can't really remember everything. What if people are leaving the company, new people join, it's a mess, right? And then we also, um, um, we also researched and realized that the manual data mapping approach only have a coverage of 30% of the known systems in the company. So you have around 70%, which is unknown. We even right. call it a shadow IT, right? Uh, right, now exactly. Think about, now, now think about the company, it's scary, right? Because there are systems that no one knows about that have PII, some of that PII can be very sensitive and no one knows about it, it's, it's crazy. So then we thought, how can we solve that? And um, we took the same uh, consumer technology that we've already developed and through the employees' emails, in a non-intrusive approach, we were able to build a whole map of the entire data sources that are being used in the company, whether it's a database or a SaaS, uh, in a few minutes. So two weeks ago, we onboarded uh, a customer or, that has 3,500 employees. And we did a data mapping exercise on the entire organization in seven minutes which is crazy. He, he got a list of all the data sources, all the systems, and exactly uh, what he keeps in each one of them. And he were amazed, amazed to see the results because when they managed their current data inventory, uh, when they did the data mapping uh, exercise manually in their current data inventory, they had around uh, 120 systems, and known systems, right? And we, when we did our own scanning, uh, we identified uh, around 340 systems, which, which is crazy. So we thought we found a lot of systems that were old, used in the past, that were still containing sensitive information. For example, in you know marketing teams that checked different systems, in sales team that they changed the CRM or a recording system or things like that. So we were able to find a lot of you know old systems and really help the company clean everything but more more than that uh they they could get a real-time and accurate view of almost 100 percent of the systems that are being used in the company and then to do activities like ropa were much easier because all the data is we show them all the systems we show them all the data um and then we also give a different view of that to see ropa so you, you can see an automated view of all the uh, posting activities and, you know, start managing everything with a huge head start. So this is something that companies really liked because it really helped them to make sure that they do data mapping accurately, whether it's in the cloud or not, and then to um, maintain Europa in a more easy way. Excellent. I think I think a lot of companies go go about this process, the you know, ROPA process or data mapping process backwards. So they create like a policy or a chart or a thing in Excel. They go out and talk to people, you know, to kind of create like a paper record of things. Uh, and then, then they try to see where the technology matches up with what they say. But really, your approach, I think, is the best because you're saying, let's start with the empirical knowledge of what's actually there <laughs> and then build our program around what's there. Because I feel like a lot of companies get overwhelmed with privacy regulations where 
for for example, not every regulation applies to them. Like not every company has to do uh, a ROPA or not every company, you know, ha- has the same mm-hmm. risk level. So being able to figure out what's actually within the organization is really key. And then one thing that you touched upon that that is, you know, a lot of cyber people are always pulling their hair out about, and it is shadow IT, because I think people don't know what applications are running within their organization. And they also often don't realize what personally identifiable information are in these systems. What are your thoughts? So, yeah. So, again, coming from the security side, I know that shadow IT is a big issue. Again, because uh, I work for big companies like Verizon, uh, for example, right? Uh, the telco, which is uh, at, at the time that I worked for them was the 11th uh, uh, company in the Fortune 50, right? So, big company, right? So, they, as a big company, had a security policy that they uh, enforce everything, right? You can't really sign up to any service without someone from security or procurement help you, right? But that, re- but that really hurt the experience of the employees, right? It's very hard to do your job uh, when you can't really interact with services online, right? So, and this is what we understood when it comes to privacy, both on the consumer and both on the company level, if you really wanted to protect privacy, like really wanted, so you had to put fences around either the employees or the individuals, right? And these fences were essentially blocking them from doing all kinds of daily internet activities to test a new service, to sign up to a new service, to log into a new service. And uh, and it's a problem. So. When we thought about tackling privacy from a different perspective, we thought, hey, how can we help companies be more compliant to different privacy regulations, but allowing the, their employees at least the freedom to operate. So we can essentially you know, escort the company and the employees while they are doing their work and really notifying them and alerting them on the things that are matter instead of blocking everything and then really you know, having uh, a user experience issue. And then from that side, we really discover that companies that don't enforce uh, we, we, um, like the daily activities, like most of the companies, they have a huge shadow IT problem because companies have budgets within the, co- within the team level. And then uh, not everything goes through procurement. And then not all of the SaaS applications are you know, managed by your Okta or any identity provider. So a lot of this, the services, the SaaS are being left, I call it in, uh, um, in, in a dark place. No one knows about it, right? It's like in a whole different dimension. And what, what about employee that is leaving the company? If, if you think about shadow IT, right? So most of, most of the companies, what they do, they usually archive the employee email Obviously, they are deactivating all of his permissions, right, from the email and any other thing that that is connected to their Okta or, again, any other identity service. But what about all the other SaaS that that employee interacted with? No one knows about that. So we call it it, uh, zombie footprints. (laughs) So this is essentially accounts and data that accounts of the company that have business sensitive information that is there forever and no one knows about it. So our approach to shadow IT is really uncovering 
100% of the uh, data sources. And we do that in a very nice non-intrusive approach via the employees' emails. And then that can power a lot of privacy and security tasks, like again, ROPA, privacy impact assessment and shadow IT. So today that technology really powers both privacy teams, but also security teams. Oh, you're making me smile when I'm listening to this. Uh, that's been a huge pain point, I think, for people. I I know often when I talk to companies, you know, when I ask them, okay, uh, you know, I've done data mapping for decades, right? So I know exactly <laughs> the questions to ask and stuff like that. So, you know, often people come up with a pretty report and a chart, like this is all the stuff that we have. And it's like, okay, so where's everything else? Like, where are those back rooms? Who, you know, who left the company that was, you know, uh, uh, managing some system that nobody really knows about? So I think being able to have technology in place where you can really find out quickly what those things are and not really guess and not uh, rely on the memory of people, I think it's really important. Also, one thing that you said I thought was great, which was kind of the freedom to operate. So I think traditionally people have thought or, or haven't wanted to cooperate in some ways with a lot of like privacy and security things because they felt like, you know, if I comply with these privacy regulations or I, I try to be better in cybersecurity, it's going to sort of curtail me being able to function in the way that I need to. And I think that has to be solved because people need to be able to still do their jobs, right? But then they need to be able to do it in a way that doesn't harm the organization from a cybersecurity or a, a privacy perspective. So tell me a little bit about that story. Sure. So again, this is something that we, when we thought about how can we do data mapping and shadow IT better, we thought, how can we be injected into the regular process that employees or even privacy and security teams are having and really feed, inject their current day-to-day uh, -day with a new feed of information about what is really happening inside the company. So if you think about it, um, most of the PII that companies are collecting is, uh, not most, all of the PII can be reside in three places. It can be on-prem, right? If you have databases or whatever, uh, devices. It can be in the cloud, right? So AWS, GCP, Azure, et cetera. And it can be external to the company in SaaS, in different vendors. I think this is the three most common places. I'm not going to take, you know, uh, bizarre uh, edge cases, but these are the three main uh, places. So when we thought about where is the most critical pain for companies, so I think that ever since ever since COVID nineteen started, and we were all locked up for a few times and had to work remotely, right? That created a new situation where the entire work has changed, right? We were all working from home. And that means that we are using much more external services like SaaS within the organization in order to operate, right? So instead of you know meeting in person and do things that we were used to, we're using all kinds of different apps and services to do that. So that means the number of SaaS applications that organization have adopted ever since COVID-19 started 
have increased dramatically. I'm talking about it can be two to five X the amount of apps that were before and after uh, and post COVID-19. And since this is the, you know, the critical and sensitive point because database, internal databases usually don't change uh, too often, right? Usually choose one or even two and you stick with that, uh, with that for the entire company life. Um, so SaaS, we identified SaaS as the most critical um, area where companies have need uh, like need help in terms of both coverage, right? In terms of discovery and monitoring and understanding what PII is there. Let me give you one popular example, um, Salesforce. Everyone using Salesforce, right? Does companies really, do companies really know what PII they keep in their Salesforce? No way, right? Because yeah, no way, because it's very customized platform. Any company can use it as they see fit, right? Any sales team can customize it. Tons of APIs integration, third-party integrations. So we can really come to your Salesforce and really map the entire PII that is there. And uh, usually most of the companies are focused on the databases, which is it's, it's also important, but what about all the SaaS? So our approach were to let's do, um, let's do a, a real discovery and monitoring of all the SaaS that you are using inside your company. And the way to get to 100% coverage was through the employees' emails. Because if you think about it, any new SaaS is being interacted from your email. You need to sign up to the SaaS. You need to, you get a reset password, you get product update, whatever. So we can find a trace in the employee's inboxes to the digital interaction the company had with the SaaS. And this is why we are able to scan the entire organization in really a few minutes, uh, instead of you know, doing that data mapping process um, manually. And that solved the problem. I mean, this is how we can get to 100% uh, coverage and really give you a detailed and accurate reporting of what, what you are dealing with as a company. That's genius. I love that. I love that. Um, so tell me, tell me your, your thoughts on privacy and why, why you feel like this is a really important problem that your company can help people solve. So I think uh, the first answer that I can give to that is uh, the fact that we uh, started, our vision started as a consumer company, right? Uh, so we started mapping pains that individuals have regarding their personal data. I think that we gave a pretty good solution so far to individuals to really, you know, get a better understanding about what happens with their data and to give them the choice to really do something about it. But now with companies, we are discovering that um, a lot of change, right? So when companies think about privacy, they thought about how they can solve the law problem or how can, how can they solve the problem from a law or a legal perspective, right? And the problem with that is that the solutions that are exist today in the market, they, they don't really fit the uh, individual on the other end. Let me give you one popular example. Uh, but, but, but first, have you ever tried to exercise your rights 
let's say, to get a copy of your data from, from a company? Yes, it's difficult. <laughs> difficult, right? So, so, so let me give you like the most popular example. When I tried to get my data from companies, they asked me to provide a copy of my passport, uh, the order ID that I've done a few years ago, if I, if I purchased the product, or even if I booked an hotel, what was the booking number? And a lot of questions that as an individual, I don't really know, right? Uh, they even asked me if I want to exercise my GDPR or CCPA rights. Now, I'm thinking about my wife, right? She's, she's not a tech savvy. She doesn't even know about GDPR or CCPA. She just wants to get her data. So how, how come she can, she, she can know what is the difference with, between GDPR and CCPA? So what I'm trying to say is that the processes that companies have adopted over the years really solving the problem from the law perspective, from the legal perspective. But they, there is a big gap between the solution they have built and introduced to the market to how individuals want to interact with that. So there is a big gap. So consumers are left you know, without any solution. And essentially what happens is that they go to social media and they, you know, they write about the company. They write, hey, I tried to do that. And the company added a lot of burden and made it very complicated. And this is where we understood that privacy is more than just compliance. It's more than just the law itself. It's about the company brand, right? And if companies would understand that and would, you know, um, communicate and introduce a better privacy experience for their customers, even even a clear privacy policy that, you, that anyone can really read, right? This is the first step. Uh, that can really, you know, help the company get points, uh, trustworthy points and loyal points for from the individuals. So when I think about your question, I think that the first thing that has to be solved is user experience. So to really help companies introduce a better user experience with regards to privacy, to their customers and to anyone, it can be consumers or customers, or to, to anyone who is using their services. This is the first uh, thing that uh, that we that we as a company are trying to solve very nicely. And uh, and uh, the the second problem is through automation. So we really understood that privacy, unfortunately, and I'm trying to change that, have uh, privacy teams are lacking resources. Unfortunately, privacy is not prioritized high enough in the organization. And again, I'm trying to change that. For me, coming from the security side, was it was always easier because security always gets, you know, everything, people, resources, money, whatever. And privacy still not. This is the sad reality. And it's going, to, I, I, I believe that in two to three years, it's going to change dramatically because of privacy regulations, which I think that are doing good uh, to the world. They are not perfect. Privacy regulations have, you know, are lacking a lot of things, but but it's a good step forward, right? So I think um, automation, it's very challenging for companies. And now I truly understand that after working with hundreds of companies, I truly understand how hard it is for companies to deal with daily privacy operations. I didn't know that. And so this is why as someone who, as an engineer by heart, this is my background, uh, I know how efficiency is very important. So automation is the key 
for companies to really provide the first point, the, you know, the, the better user experience. And it's really hard to provide automation. So this is why we try to break it down to different areas where we think that are the most painful for companies right now. That's great. Excellent. I love it. Uh, so if it were the world according to Gal and we did everything you said, what would be your wish for privacy anywhere in the world, whether it's technology, human stuff, regulation? What are your thoughts? I think that companies and individuals ha- have to work together and have to solve the problem together. Uh, It can't be that only one side of them is trying to define the solution because it won't work. If individuals would try to to define the solution, it would only benefit them. And if companies like uh, like it was until now would define the solution, it would only benefit them. And it has to be together because only then privacy can really flow for one each other and be really honored and executed right. So this is something that I really, really um, thrive for and uh, to, to create that um, bridge between companies and consumers. And this is, uh, uh, I really hope that would happen uh, in the next years. And I think that the, the other thing that I would wish is uh, more resources to companies to really to sea levels, to all the sea levels out there, to really understand that privacy is more than just compliance. It's, it's a brand thing that the company have to invest in it. It's, your, it's the idea of the company. It can add, add loyalty and trust points to the brand. And I think that prioritizing privacy and allocating more resources to privacy, whether it's engineering, legal, whatever, uh, can really benefit the company. And uh, we can really help companies measure the ROI they get from privacy. So we can really help companies understand that any dollar they invest in privacy, they get more in return. So uh, so again, it's um, the gap to bridge the gap between individuals and companies around privacy and really try to solve the problem together. And then for the C-level out there, to allocate more resources to privacy team to en- enable them to do their job better. That's, that's amazing. Thank you so much for, for that. So thank you for being on the show. Um, I'm happy, you know, I'm really excited to see you all's journey. And I, I think you're, you're spot on. I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of what the pain points are that organizations have and, and the, the types of help the companies desperately need in this area. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and uh, anytime. This is great. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.